Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. I don't know about you, but there's uh, some commercials in the, ba- in the past that I used to absolutely love. And I don't know if they still actually do these commercials, because I never watch live TV anymore. Uh, but they were these you-want-to-get-away commercials from Southwest Airlines. They were hilarious. Um, I'm, just a couple of them that I was looking through this week, these old commercials. Uh, there was one where there was this mailman was walking down the sidewalk. He was doing his mail route, and there was a basketball just on the side of the sidewalk. And so he picked it up, and he saw the basketball hoop uh, in, the, in the driveway, and so he went and shot at it, and he missed it by like a mile, and he hit a window in the garage, and it broke. And the, the homeowners, they just kind of looked at him like, and then the voiceover said, you want to get away? Uh, it's the best voiceover ever. Uh, uh, there was another one where a guy was, he was in the city, and he's on his phone, he's walking out to the, to the street, and he gets to a car, and I don't know if he thinks it's his Uber car or whatever, but he, he just opens the back door, he gets in, and he's sitting there for just a second, and then some guys with masks come and get in the car, and they've got guns, and they're obviously bank robbers. And he's, he's like, oh no, I'm an accomplice to a felony now. And the voiceover comes on and says, you want to get away? There's another one, and I don't know if I should actually share this at church. I don't know if it's appropriate for church, but there's a, a guy and a girl. They've obviously been on a date. They're sitting in the car. He gives her a kiss goodnight. She exits the car door, and as she's exiting, I don't know if all of his nerves from the, the date just kind of, he passed some gas, and as, as that happened, he's sitting there like, oh, I feel bad, and the door opens back up, and she grabs her phone from the seat, and as she puts her head in the car, this look of disgust just crosses her face and he's like, I'm never getting a date with this girl again. And the voiceover says, you want to get away. Um, we've probably all been in those spots where we've wanted to get away before. You know the dude who comes up and talks to you and he gets way too close into your face, right? And you're, you're backing away and you're doing the Heisman pose and all this stuff and they're not getting it. Um, and in those moments, you want to get away. There was a time, uh, this is my freshman year of high school, I was dating a girl, and it wasn't named Crystal. She wasn't named Crystal. It was before that. But we're driving up to her house. Her mom is driving the car, and her mom and her all of a sudden are like, hey, Kellen, um, if my dad's here, you're going to have to get in the trunk. I guess she hadn't told her dad that she was dating somebody. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. They're like, no, we're kind of serious. And in that moment, I really wanted to get away from that girl. I was like, this is not great. I don't even know if I've ever told Crystal that story because it's kind of embarrassing. Um, And honestly, there's other times that are more simple than that. Sometimes I'm just stressed and I want to curl up in my bed and I want to watch a show and I want to just kind of get away from what real life is is like. In isolation, things like that, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes escape can become an unhealthy thing in our lives. And sometimes actually choosing to escape in in moments of our life, it makes choosing to escape the next time that much easier. There's a guy named Michael Hyatt who writes this, when we get bored or when the work we're doing is especially tough, we escape to emails, texts, phone calls, web surfing, checking the news, scrolling through social media. But every time we bounce off task, we train our brains to become even more distracted and shorten our own attention spans, making it harder to cultivate a life of focus. I don't know who else in this room read that and was like, he knows my life. But that was me. 
there, I wish, I hope I never have to explain to people how much time I feel like I waste in a day or in a week. Uh, when it's time for me to sit down and write a sermon, it's one of those brain activities that my brain says, no, I don't want to do it, and I'll sit there for an hour and get nothing productive done because my brain just doesn't want to go there. Um, I, don't, I don't think this is something that we just do with our work, though, where we escape. I actually think that on a spiritual level, this is something that happens to us. You know, instead of taking some time to pray some days, you're like, oh, look, there's a, there's a, 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 a police chase on television. I'm going to watch that now. And so we don't take the time to pray that we should. Instead of taking the time to, to talk with somebody that, that can help us through some spiritual things, we're like, ah, it's a nice day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go work in the yard. And we find all these escapes to keep us from the spiritual things that we should be going after that it can actually help us. Escape is something that you and I do. And the truth is we escape to things that are not Jesus. You know, we're talking about this series, Idols, and this is our, our last message in this series. And one of the things that can actually become an idol in our lives is this idea of escaping to things that are not Jesus. It's so easy for us to do in the world that we live in. Now, I want to make it clear, I think we need, to, we need to have some fun in life. We need to be able to relax. We need to be able to, to kind of just check out at times. Um, but sometimes we've got to do more than just escape from our hurts and our frustrations. Our hurts and our frustrations, they need to be met head on. And we, we live in a culture where those things aren't being met head on. And so you're seeing a lot of issues throughout our culture. So the question today that I've got for you is this. In the weariness of life, how can I persevere in letting Jesus direct me through it all rather than just trying to escape from what's difficult? Am I letting Jesus be the one that's carrying me through every moment of every day or am I letting all of these things that come into our lives in the world, am I letting that carry me through? And so our passage today, it's, it's written um, in the book of Hebrews. I think it really does a good job of giving us some insight into what this problem of escape is and where we actually need to go instead of the escapes that we, we maybe head towards. And so I want to read Hebrews chapter 12, the first three verses of this chapter. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, we're not sure who actually wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, most Bible scholars, they think that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Paul wrote like a third of the New Testament. Um, and whoever it was that wrote this, they said this thing. They said, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Man, I read that and I think, I wish it were that easy. I wish it were easy for me to throw off all the things that, that, that give me insecurities and, and that, that these things that entangle me in sin. I wish I could throw off these bad thoughts. I wish I could actually throw away this impatience that I have in me that causes me to act certain ways with my kids and with my wife that they probably wish I didn't act like that. I wish that I could just throw this stuff off. But I think actually there, there are some things that we throw, we throw off pretty easily. Uh, when life gets a little bit stressful, I think that the escape button in our lives becomes really big. 
and it becomes really easy for us to hit. We like to throw in the towel on thinking through things that really are important. It's kind of a natural route for us. And maybe it's more of a natural, I don't know, maybe as a man, maybe it's more of a natural route than for women typically. I don't know. But there's this thing in us where we want to take the easy route in life. We want to not have thoughts that that are frustrating and stressful and difficult for us. And Simon Walker uh, wrote, wrote really eloquently about what this looks like comparing it to the life of a butterfly. He said, if you see a butterfly struggling to escape from its chrysalis, you may be tempted to lend it a helping hand. Most of us don't like to see creatures struggle and it would seem the kind thing to do. However, you'd be condemning it to an early death. The struggle the butterfly has to fight its way out is vital for strengthening its wing muscles. Nature builds in struggle as an essential part of the formation and development of healthy life. It's the preserve of the global elite to contemplate a life from which struggle may be banished. But perhaps, like the emerging butterfly, we risk being fatally weakened if we embrace such a vision of ease. Can I tell you, in America, in Western culture, we have this vision of ease for life. That life is supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be hard. And so what happens is, spiritually, we try to bypass the difficult stuff. We try to escape past it, and what happens is is we actually cut off some of the strength and the growth that God wants to bring into our lives. So I want you to ask yourself this question this morning. Do I let myself feel the struggle and pain that brings growth in my life, or do I try to find shortcuts so that I can be as comfortable as is possible? There's three, pass- there's three phrases in this passage that we looked at in Hebrews that I-, I want us to kind of dig into a little bit because I think that they show the importance of not running to our escapes, but running to Jesus. Um, you know, when there's tension between you and your spouse, is your tendency to, to not address it and to, to kind of go to bed and-, and hope that you wake up the next day and it's kind of dissipated like-, like a fog that dissipates over the course of the morning and all of a sudden it's, it's gone from the horizon? Well, guess what? If that's how we choose to go after our tensions, the tension's going to come back at some point. When you've experienced a major tragedy in your life, instead of sitting in that ugliness and that hurt and letting God bring peace that, that the Bible says surpasses all human understanding, do you instead go and find something else? Do you find alcohol to wash the pain away? Again, that pain is going to come back if we're just looking for the easiest route through it. When the little things of life stress you out, do you lean more on Netflix and Hulu than you actually lean on God? I'm going to tell you, there's, I feel guilty saying it because that's something I know that is, like, it's just easy to pass, pass off my time and pass off what's going on in my mind with those easy things. So I want us to look at these three phrases um, that, again, I think show us the importance of not going to the, the escapes all the time but going straight to Jesus. Um, the first one is, uh, all three of them together are this. First one, run with perseverance. Verse two, the first part of verse two, he says, fix your eyes on Jesus. And the second part of verse two, he says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And I want to go through all three of those and just kind of flesh them out here a little bit. All right, verse one, running with perseverance. Can I tell you, running with perseverance is not a fun thing to do. People don't like to run with perseverance. Uh, my daughter, Abby, she is doing a lot of running this summer, trying to train for cr- the cross-country season. On Friday, we had a 10-mile run to do. And I, a lot of her longer runs and her more difficult runs, I'm trying to do a lot of those runs with her because 
I, she's 16. I don't want her running on the Ice Age Trail alone still. I'm sorry. And so we'll go and we'll do these runs together. Um, and I'm telling you, it was 75 degrees and stupidly humid already at 7 a.m. on Friday. And so we start running. And, and it was one of those ones her coach had her doing progressively faster as the 10-mile run is going. And it stunk. There was nothing fun about it. I love running. And we got like halfway through that. I'm like, I'm going to be tough because I don't want my daughter to think that she's outrunning me. Uh, but this is not enjoyable. It's not comfortable. It is, it's, it's just about persevering in that kind of a run. There is nothing fun about that. Sometimes we just have to suck it up. Nobody is going to be able to go out and do that run for you to make you better at it. you got to do it yourself. And not all runs feel the same. Some runs, man, they feel really awesome. It's short and it's sweet and, man, I was comfortable. And life is a lot like that. We go through seasons of life. Some of the seasons that we go through, they are totally awesome. They're totally fun. There's nothing difficult to it. You're like, man, I could, I could just live this life forever because this is fun. And then there's other seasons that are not as enjoyable. And the truth is, is there's just not always a healthy out for us. There's not a healthy escape for us. So when we, look at, when we are looking for escapes, what happens is we start to let things into our lives that become addictions around us that we, we bring in and, and it, we think it makes life easier, but in truth, it actually is making our spiritual development get more and more difficult. Sometimes we just need to dig in and do what the writer of Hebrews is saying here. We have to persevere. We have to run with perseverance. I'm telling you guys, persevering is like the opposite of escaping. <laughs> escaping would have been me stopping at five miles into that run on, uh, on Friday and just going, Abby, you're on your own. I don't even care anymore. Persevering is keep on going. It's going through the difficult stuff. And so when, when Paul or whoever wrote this is saying, run with perseverance, he's saying, it's going to be tough. And you're, you're called, if you're going to spiritually be a person growing, we actually have to run through the difficulty instead of thinking that we can bypass it. And here's the difficult part. This part is totally on us. We talk a lot in church about the grace of Jesus and that Jesus gives us everything that we need. But this is one that this part's on us. Jesus has persevered already on our behalf. He is actually calling us to do something here. It's not an easy thing to do to persevere. He will give us help if we ask him. But the problem is, is so much of the time, we don't even think to ask Jesus for the help in the moment of persevering. We just, we go to different outlets. And we make our life easier through all these different outlets. The reason we don't become uh, stronger through the difficulties is we lack this perseverance. We escape. Sometimes we're called to go through the hard work and the hard work, hard work stinks. It's never fun. Every day we have to go to God with the hurts. Rather than asking God, asking something else in our life to take care of those hurts. It's not fun, but it's called perseverance. Again, the question is, how do we persevere? And that gets us to the second phrase. Okay, so first phrase in this passage, run with perseverance. The second one that I think is really the, the central piece to this, he says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Of all the things that we can fix our eyes on, that's what we have to fix our eyes on. There are so many things in this world that you and I tend to fix our eyes on. Okay, my life is going this way. I'm going to just try to make more money. Also, I'm going to fix my eyes on making more money because money makes things happen. It makes life better. So I'm going to do that. 
And then we find out after a long time that it, fixing our eyes on that really didn't do what we thought it would do. Or I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to control how my body looks because it's the one thing that I can control. Or I'm going to fix my eyes on my phone because my phone gives me comfort and nobody has to talk to me and I don't have to think about what's going on out here. We have a, a generation of people who are fixating on their phone rather than on what's actually important. So I want you to ask yourself this and ask yourself really honestly this morning. How divided is my attention? Where is my attention going? Where are my eyes actually fixed on? Are my eyes fixed on Jesus just that, that one hour on a Sunday morning that maybe I go a couple times a month? Because if that's the only time that our eyes are actually fixed on Jesus, we're going to start asking ourselves, why am I spiritually where I'm at? Why is my spiritual life flat? Why do I feel like I'm, 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 I'm far from God? It's because we cannot just fix our eyes on Jesus for short increments at a time and think that we're going to be okay. Fixing our eyes on Jesus is a constant, every moment of every day thing. It has to become a part of us. And I'm not saying that it's easy to fix our eyes on Jesus all the time. It is something, it's a habit that takes time to figure out. There are going to be times as you're trying to fix your eyes on Jesus that you're all of a sudden going to turn away from that and you're going to again go to the the outlets, the escapes in your life that feel good, that feel easy. And you're going to have to go, okay, oh, I've I've stepped away from where I'm supposed to have my eyes fixated on. And you got to walk back to it. If you're thinking right now as I'm talking, man, my eyes, I don't think my eyes are really fixed on Jesus, then there's actually probably a good chance that you have started to make it a habit of choosing different escape routes in life over Jesus. We all do it sometimes. I guarantee you I do it sometimes. The first thing that we need to do is we need to realize this fact that yes, I've chosen escape routes that are not Jesus. The second thing that we got to do is we just have to make the choices every day that we are going to refix our focus. I don't care if you have to make, put a reminder in your phone that every morning at 9 a.m. it says, hey, refix your focus on Jesus. Do it. Because in our human state, we don't always get there. We don't always put Jesus first and foremost on our minds. And so put a reminder there. Put, put a timer on your apps. You can do that in your phones. If you're, if you're old and you need help, ask your five-year-old kid. They'll figure it out for you. All right? But you can put stuff on your apps that'll keep you from being on your phone for such and such amount of time. That All this time that you're spending wasting on this stuff that is not Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Begin to choose to fix your eyes on Jesus, and I guarantee you in the long run, you're going to be better off for it. In fact, I'm not even going to throw that guarantee out there. I think the Bible's throwing that guarantee out there. You're going to be better off for it when you fix your eyes on Jesus. So that takes me to the third phrase in this passage. We're talking uh, about all these things that, that the writer of Hebrews is saying. Run with perseverance, fix your eyes on Jesus. Then he says, Jesus found joy set before him, so he endured the cross. Now, what, what is he actually saying here? It doesn't mean that the cross for Jesus was pure joy. He, the, the writer here is not saying, Jesus looked at the cross and he's like, ooh, that sounds, that sounds awesome, I'm going to go there. There was nothing about the cross that was joy. It was actually what was beyond the cross that Jesus was looking to. I love what one commentator said. He said that Jesus looked right through the cross to the coming joy, the joy of bringing salvation to those he loves. See, Jesus took the pain of the cross head on. 
because he knew what was actually going to come on the other side of the cross. But unfortunately, we live in a culture where nobody really wants to look on the other side of pain. We just want to get through pain. We don't want to have to experience pain one bit. You know, you got young people are going out and they're buying cars and, and homes that they honestly don't have, they don't have the money to be able to do it, and so they get themselves in financial ruin for it because they're unwilling to drive around in a beater for a while and to, to live in a one-room one apartment. One we don't, we don't like to go through the pain that we don't feel we need to. People with, with a job, they're like, man, I'm not gonna, I don't want to work very hard in my job. But then they get frustrated because they don't get the pay raise that they feel that they deserved or the promotion that they thought was coming to them. We don't, we don't like in our culture, and I, I hope that this, this isn't the way for us in this room, but our culture says hard work stinks, and I don't want to do it. We want to escape pain not realizing that the little bit of pain that we might experience is going to be good for us down the road. And so, I want you to hear this. For Jesus, joy wasn't found in escape. Joy was found on the other side of pain. It wasn't found in escape. He found his joy in knowing that what he was going to go through was going to bring something good on the other side. Apostle Paul knew this really well. He talked about it in Philippians chapter 4. He said, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. He said, I have become content in all things. In everything that Paul endured, he's like, I can be content. Whether it was being imprisoned unjustly, Paul's like, I, I'm, I'm going to be content. Being shipwrecked unmerc- unmercilessly, I'm going to be content. Preaching to a crowd of strangers and watching a guy in the back get so bored with my preaching that he falls asleep, falls out a window and dies, I'm going to be content. It actually happened. Now, he went and prayed for him and rose him from the dead, but whatever, you know. Uh, but he saw everything as I can be content, because I have Jesus in all of it. So even in, in these moments of my life where I feel like, man, I just need to relax, I should not be escaping from my connection with Jesus. I am content in Christ in all things. He joins with me in all things. Escape is not about the escape. It's actually about what we're escaping from. You know, a little kid uh, a sad child escapes from their abandonment and their abuse by playing video games all day. An angry teenager escapes from loneliness through really dangerous social media relationships. A tired mom maybe escapes from the constant grind by shopping and maybe shopping more than she should. Uh, a stressed out dad escapes from the fear of being not enough by kind of over-exaggerating his accomplishments to the people around him. A retiree escapes maybe some of their health worries by just checking out in front of the TV for far too long. Here's the deal. These are just examples, and you can flip-flop them all you want because we all do the escapes. And what happens is we escape into the arms of something less than Jesus in order to get relief from our worries and fears in a less than satisfactory fashion. You know how many times I escape to something that is less than Jesus? I escape to something less than Jesus to try to get myself to a place where I feel good and content. When in the end, 
that thing is never going to get me where I need to be, and the only place that I'm going to get what I need is going to be Jesus. Most of our escapes in and of themselves, they're actually not bad things. In a vacuum, they're, they're not bad. They're even good. Playing golf is great, especially when it's free, because who wants to pay a lot of money to get mad? But playing golf is great, but not if you're doing it just to leave the house and not have to have the really important conversation with your wife that you're supposed to have. Watching TV is awesome. There's so many shows that I like, but if, if, that's, what, if that's what we're running to, to just kind of break away and, and get our life right, then you're missing something. Sometimes our escape isn't actually in what we do. It's actually in the mindset that we adopt. If you're having... Uh, difficulties at work. Sometimes what people do is they want to vilify everybody around them at work and they want to vilify their boss. Because you know what? It feels kind of good to think something bad about somebody else at work when it's not going good for me. And so what happens is, is we've escaped our own problems with some cynicism and with some judgment. Mindsets like bitterness and unforgiveness, they become part of our escape plan. You ever come across somebody who's just mad all the time? Some of you are like, Helen, I've seen you play sports. <laughs> I get it. But you ever walk across somebody and they're just mad all the time? People don't become mad like that just because they want to. It's part of our escape. We, instead of going to Jesus and getting the fulfillment and the, the, the peace that we need, we escape to things like anger, unforgiveness, Maybe you're always looking for an escape in life because you're not actually getting the correct, proper rest. You're not pacing yourself in life right. We don't have to be Christians who are always on this fast race. The, again, writer Hebrews said, run with perseverance. Yeah, you got to run, but it can be slow. Run this race slowly if you need to. If you're constantly desiring escape of some kind, consider whether or not you're getting the rest that you need. God wants us to throw off the things that are entangling us, that are caught, bringing us into the places that we're not supposed to be. Sometimes the entanglement might actually just be you overworking yourself. If that's it, if that's the escape that you keep on running to, what's it going to look like to pull off that entanglement and to, and to work a little bit less? Now before I'm done here, I actually want to take us all through just a little thought exercise. All right, The thought exercise is this. I want you to imagine Jesus choosing escape. Think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you don't know the story, Jesus is about to be crucified. He's about to be killed on a tree. And he knows it's coming. And he's in a garden and he's praying to his father, Father, if, you, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Now I want you to imagine Jesus the escaper. And in that moment he says, Father, take this from me. Eh, you know what? I'm just going to take this cup from myself. And he runs out of the garden. He leaves his sleeping friends behind and he just takes off. We probably never get to see the movie because he just becomes a carpenter that's in his shop doing his thing. Maybe the, the escape would have come different at a different time earlier on. There's a time where Jesus, he hadn't really done any ministry thing yet, performed a miracle, and he's at a wedding. And his family's there. And the wedding, for some reason, they run out of wine. And Jesus' mom looks at him and is like, hey, it's time for you to do your thing. And Jesus looks at her, he's like, woman, it's, it's not yet. Not my time. See, I've asked my kids before to pray for a meal, and I've seen the look it, where it looks like I'm asking them to give a dissertation on atomic energy. Like, 
I can't pray. Jesus' mom is asking him to do a miracle. If any time there's a time to escape, like, it's not my time. This would be a coming out party way too early. He could have run off, gone to his shop, and just become another carpenter. But every time Jesus chose not to escape, who would have blamed Jesus if he had chosen that? But what happened is Jesus engaged himself as God's hands in the real world. He did the hard thing. Just coming to this earth was a hard thing. To leave a heavenly presence with his Father to come here for you and me. And I think about the things that I that I don't want to engage with in this world. I don't want to be God's hands in the world because I want to take a break. I want to, I want to step away. I want to escape. And every single time along the way, Jesus chose not to escape from me. There are so many things in this world that we can step to to break away. You know, it used to be, I think, where maybe you had to go to alcohol and drugs to escape. Now, man, there, there's so much technology out there that you can literally escape from the world probably longer with, because of technology than with anything else. There's AI out there. Can I tell you what scares the heck out of me? It's AI. You can get into, a, into these gameplay things where, where you make up a whole life for yourself and you just sit there in that world. I want to say this. When you, if you are doing, working so hard to make a, a life for yourself that's not real world, you are taking God out of your equation because you are becoming the God of a not real world that you are living in. We are meant to live in this world, this life with God as our God. And so if you're trying so hard to make something different for yourself, you're not letting God be your God. You're not fixing your eyes on Jesus the way that he's asking you to. God is not the God of pretend worlds. He is the God of this world. He is the God of your life. So this is what I want to suggest to you. Instead of escaping from life, today we need to consider escaping to Jesus. It's as simple as that. I got to be honest with you, even just thinking about this this week, like as I was, as I was working through this sermon, there were a couple times this week where all of a sudden the escape for me looked a little different. Oh, that, that's not a Jesus kind of escape. Maybe I go to this instead. So I hope that we think through this this week. When, when it gets difficult, how do we choose to escape to Jesus? I think for me, it's I remember he chose to escape nothing for me. Jesus had every chance. He was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He could have escaped, but he didn't. He went through it all. He went to the point of death for me. The least I can do is say, hey, God, can you help me to dig in right now and to run this race with perseverance? Help me not to take the easy way out. I want to read Hebrews 12, 3 one more time. It says, consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you would not need to look elsewhere for comfort. So that you would not need to look to anything else for your escape in life. Jesus did not choose to escape so that he could become your escape. Is there anything in your life that is hindering your walk with Jesus from you getting a better relationship with God right now? Is there something that you've been fixing your eyes on that is not Jesus? We all know life is not always easy. 
we need to remember that the joy actually comes on the other side of our pain when we choose to persevere and fix our eyes on Jesus. The true joy comes on the other side of that pain. So this week, how do you need to escape to Jesus rather than escaping from life? Let's pray together. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.